It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi there, and welcome back to Beyond the Building. My name is Laura Pereno. I'm with Debbie Kiever today, and we are in our second week on our new series on identity theft. You know, how to protect ourselves from identity theft. There are so many different uh, avenues, venues, ways, means that are out there trying to change up the way that we view ourselves. But we know, as we talked about in our first uh, episode of this new series, that there's only one standard of truth, the Word of God. And the Word of God tells us not only how to live, but it tells us who we are. And so we are excited to be here really declaring truth over who we are, who we were created to be. And we are excited to really look at the fact that we talked about in our first episode in this month, the fact that we have one who created us and only the one who created us has the ability to define us. Our identity is based on the one who created us. As we go through this series, Deb, I have already been so encouraged thinking about the fact that we have been created by the greatest creator of all times. You know, you look at the sky and honestly, we just had a lot of rain in Nashville here where I am. And even with all of the the water that came down, the lightning in the sky was just so extraordinary. The most creative creator ever created us. (laughs) And then he gets to say what his beautiful creation is going to be all about. So I am encouraged today. We are a creation of the most amazing creator. And so we therefore must have a pretty amazing identity because he is the one who created us. What freedom, what freedom comes in each of us, Laura, as we stop uh, embracing other people's opinions or like the past that we're going to talk about today. And we make a choice to embrace who he has declared us to be and what our purpose is. Our key scripture that, I mean, I don't apologize at all for going back to it again because it's my life verse is Ephesians 1, 11, and 12. I'd like to read it to you from the message. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose that he is working out in everything and everyone. And Laura, this verse was is so significant to me. Um, just as a reminder, at 22, when I had a breakdown, because I was trying so hard to live and please other people, living for their opinions, that when I really discovered that who I am, my identity and what my purpose is, is found in his opinion, his definition Amen. of me, my life radically changed. And you know, it's at that point, it was almost like um, I had been stuck as a caterpillar and I began to soar as a butterfly. And mm. that um, that image of that is, it's, I just embrace it. It means so much to me personally. 
Debbie, I think that's a verse we probably should read every single day, right? mm-hmm. every morning. Yeah. Because sometimes, I don't know, it's, it seems like in the first thought we have in the morning, our day can go one way or the other and our, our purpose or our plans can go one way or the other. It's so good to wake up and say, Christ defines who I am today. Christ tells me what I'm living for today. And so I can get out of bed and, and fulfill the purpose that he's called me for as the woman that he's called me to be because the truth of God's word. It's a great place to start our day. Well, as we start today, I have uh, just a funny story I wanted to share. I remember, and maybe many of our listeners have a common experience, but Emily's 23 years old now, back when she was in preschool. I remember we switched schools and I don't know, she was four or five years old. And I didn't know any of the people at this new school. I didn't know the moms. It was open house that night or family night, whatever you call it. And and I got there and of course, Emily wasn't with me. Dan was off flying someplace. So I walk into this room full of people who know each other and then there's me. And we're going around and the children had to draw their family picture. And again, you know, maybe you've had the same experience out there if you're listening and you're already laughing. (laughs) It's dangerous. (laughs) It is. Well, I'm looking around and I'm, I'm looking at all the family pictures on the wall and you know, I'm seeing all the families like, you know, so excited about their pictures and pointing to who they were, the moms and the dads and oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't that sweet? And, and I'm seeing all these amazing pictures and I got to, uh, Emily Pereno's family and I looked down and <laughs> well, I will say that for a four year old, my daughter was a pretty good artist. Uh, it was a really great picture, but I was horrified. I was horrified because what I saw in this picture was this very handsome man and um, great hair, dark hair, uh, stick figure. Next to this very handsome man was this very beautiful woman. I mean, she had hair and she had makeup on and eyelashes. And I was like, oh my goodness, look (laughs) at how my daughter views me. Like, I have great hair and my face is all made up and, and whatnot. But I was horrified because I saw that she had, she had put me in my underwear. You know, I, I'm wearing my underwear, this stick figure has underwear on. And so I was horrified. And then in the back, very back corner was this small little stick figure with just a little bit of hair and and really nondescript. And I thought right away, like, first, why would my daughter put me in my underwear? That was horrifying. But second, I saw her in the back corner and I just thought, Oh my goodness. She has identity issues. Yes. yes. Who does she think she is? Do I not build her up enough? Am I not speaking life into her? I was, I was, I keep saying the word horrified, but I really was. I wanted to run because these other women did not know me. And here I am pictured in my underwear. And then my poor child has a zero identity, you know? And anyway, all these things are going on in my mind. So I can hardly even focus when I'm listening to what they do in art class and preschool and whatnot. I get home the next morning, Emily wakes up and I was like, oh honey, I loved, I loved going to your school yesterday and your picture was so beautiful. And I said, um, but you know, why were you all the way in the back corner? And, uh, you know, tell me about your picture. And she goes, oh mommy, I, I love my picture. I was wearing my best bikini, (laughs) you know? And all of a sudden it clicked. The woman in the front with the beautiful hair and the long eyelashes was not me in my underwear. It was, it was my Emily. daughter in her bikini. So right now I'm thinking identity issues in the opposite direction. Like we, She certainly had no problem thinking she was beautiful. But then I realized, oh my goodness, I 
and the nondescript stick figure in the back. <laughs> well, that really, I don't know which one was worse for my identity issues, you know, that I used, I thought I was in my underwear, and then the second one that I'm like a, a nobody in the background. Yeah, because right? Dan, of course, looked amazing. <laughs> right, right. But the point here is, goes back to our very first, um, our very first episode in this series, Emily created the picture. Emily was the only one who could put an identity or a definition on the ones she had placed in the picture. I came in and I got it all messed up. And even my incorrect understanding <laughs> gave me wonder questions about myself there too. There's only one who can define us, right? And that's the one who created us. So it's interesting because we are created in the image of God. He is the one who defines us. And yet sometimes we do allow our kids' perspective on us or other people's perspective on us to define us when the true us, the true you, has already been defined by our creator. Hey, I, it comes back. Once you learn the facts from Emily, yes, you yes. know it reframed things a little bit more. So I think for us, though, what is that definition of identity anyway? You know, we know that it can fluctuate. People, even just the fact that I'm going to give a definition, somebody mm -hmm. listening is probably going to go, well, I don't think that's the right definition. You know, a lot of opinions. But really, identity is about facts. It's the fact of who you are and, and what a person or a thing really is and, and what is the purpose for what you've just decided to call something. Uh, it's the fact of being. It's an, an act of being who you are. But it comes back to fact versus opinion. And boy, we live in a culture right now that is confusing. You know, like allowing the creation to try to identify who they are. God is the creator. And Amen. he is the one who has the right, the authority to declare who his creation is and, and why we created us. You know, I um, I pulled something out of my kitchen drawers the other day. And I was with a number of people and I pulled it out and I said, I have no idea what this is. Like it was something when our daughter in the Lord lived with us, I think she had purchased and it, I found it. It was this sharp rectangular thing and I'm holding it in my hand and I could have a lot of opinions of what I what might want to name this to be. Hmm. I It could make a lot of opinions of how you might use it, but that's really... Um, it's not accurate. I had someone in the room that identified it right away. She goes, oh, that is a pastry cutter. <laughs> and I, I looked at it and suddenly because somebody had had experience knowing for sure what that item was, mm -hmm. the fact remained now I was suddenly holding something that um, I, if I actually was a pastry cooker, yes, I would yes. actually <laughs> use. But again, it's about being able to identify what something truly is. You know, facts don't change. That's truth. Right. Truth never changes. That's right. So the truth about who you are cannot change. Now, what you and I do, like behaviors or careers, they change. Where we might um, find ourselves, where we live, the position that we, we're standing in, that can change. Our health can change, right? Our bank account can change, but our identity does not change. And the challenge is we are living in a culture that every six months, something that you are doing or wearing has become outdated. Mm -hmm. And culture now says that you are, 
you're not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, honestly, look at your clothes from the 70s. Yes. yes you know, that's right. It wasn't it's that long ago. Gary, they're coming <laughs> right. back. Right. They're coming right. back. Right. You know, so if we let culture define who we are, that's constantly changing. So identity has to go deeper than that. It needs yes. to be based on truth. And bottom line, it cannot be defined by your past. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Not allowing your identity to be defined by your past. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Sometimes when you hear references to not allowing your past to define you, I don't know about you, but I always um, go right back to those negative things from my past that used to define me and continue to try to define me. And there certainly are negative things in our past, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that we need to let go of and leave in the past because they don't define who we are. You know, we're living new creations, right? These things do not define us. They're not part of our identity. But there's also these moments in our lives where we can hold on to the past, like good things from the past, and we can allow maybe our identity or our purpose of the past, we can hold on to it when it's no longer really who we are. And I'll just give an example. When I was teaching at a Christian school in Delaware, I I gave it my all. I mean, I am somebody that when I go all in, like I go all in. And so I worked so hard to have the kids in my classroom think that I was it, right? I was teacher of the year in their opinion and that they had never had such a great experience with the teacher before. I definitely took on an identity of teacher Mrs. Pereno over everything else in my life, unfortunately, sometimes to the um, detriment of being wife and mother. I learned a lot in that season. Um, but I really made being that fifth grade teacher become my identity. I've learned a lot about identity since then, but in that season, uh, you know, it was a little bit messed up for me. So when God called me to leave that position, which happened to be at a very, um, hard time in my life anyway, when God called me to leave that position, I physically left that position, but emotionally and my identity and my purpose I mean, I could not let go of who I was. And when I no longer had that name badge that we talked about last time that said Mrs. Pereno, fifth grade teacher, when I no longer had that that identity, I I cried a lot. I went into a really uh, sad time, a dark time. I didn't know who I was without that identity. And, and I have to tell you, I've been a believer in Jesus for a very, very long time. I taught the Bible to those kids every day. I knew the word of God. I knew what the truth was. I would tell them what their identity was, but it's different when you're living it out. And I lived out that hard time. And what I learned was, and that really prepared me for the next time that I had to give up, leave, that God was calling me to leave someplace else that I really loved. Um, you You have to be willing to leave even the good things that we did or labels that we wore in the past because they're a part of our past and we can't carry them on or we'll be holding on to the past so tightly that we won't be able to embrace and live out the things that God has purposed for us in our present. You know, I learned something from my parents. Uh, my parents continued to date even mm. while we were at home. My sister Pam and I were home and I remember them pouring truth into us that there's going to come a day when you and Pam will not live with us. So we need to invest in our marriage. And, you know, as a kid, you're like, 
you know, <laughs> I don't really understand what that means, but great, mom. You know, can yes. I go? Can I get the keys? And so when my kids were younger, we would, uh, my husband and I, we would go on dates and the kids were like, why do you need to leave us to go on dates? You know? <laughs> yes. And I, I kept saying that there's, this is a great season. I love being your mom and being home with you. But mommy is also a wife to daddy. And there will be a day where the next good season is going to be like for me, an empty nest. Mm -hmm. And I need to pour into that next season uh, by investing in my marriage. And so now I, here I am, I've got both boys out of the nest, both are married and they both got married at 22. So that was pretty fast. You know, they went away to school and bam, they're out of the house and the house got quieter mm. and, and it felt bigger, right? Because not only were the kids not there, but all their friends weren't there. And personally, that was a great season. Like I yes. loved being the house that the kids would come to. Yes. And yes. now we look at each other and first of all, I'm glad that we poured into our marriage to be prepared yes. because you are spending a lot of time looking at each other now. And yes. <laughs> but that's it's a good season. It where I am is a good season in empty nest, but it's an adjustment because I'm no longer um just Chip and Dan's mom. That's right. You know, it's like a different season. That's right. And if you had held on to that in this season, now you'd be grieving. You wouldn't feel right. fulfilled. There would be something missing. You know, I remember when I was, um, and maybe there's some listeners out there right now in that uh, just married phase. And, and I didn't, I went right from my parents' house to becoming married. And I remember when I got all the gifts from the wedding shower and I, I went to Dan's house and I went to set up the kitchen. I was putting the mixer. I'll never forget this. I was putting the mixer in the cabinet and I closed the cabinet door and I sat in the middle of the kitchen floor and I just started to sob, like cry. And here it was just great, fun, amazing day. I was on my way into what was next, but I was grieving the fact that I was no longer gonna be living with my parents and that I was no longer this um, woman who was being taken care of by my mom and dad. You know, it, there are seasons that we have to leave behind. I couldn't go into my marriage um, still holding on to the fact that my dad would take care of everything everything for me or that I had my mom to run to, you know, in the everyday things that all of that needed to switch now to Dan. And so you have to be able to let go of the good seasons in the past so that you can um, live out the purpose that he has for you now. It's transition. And man, if we didn't have the Bible and what you just read, even as the dictionary definition for identity, if we didn't have the truth about who we really are, we would get very confused, you know, like, am I the daughter now or am I the wife? Where does it stop? Where does it start? But God tells us in his word who we are, what our purpose is, and really those good things from the past have to stay in the past too. You know, if we we don't figure out how to move forward because we're not letting go of the past, um, it really, it can, it can limit our personal growth. And, mm -hmm. and I don't think you just switch, flip a switch and suddenly get into your future. Yep. You know, there's a period of time where you have to let go and then you continue to seek him. Yep. It's like a reset time to reset who he identifies you to be. You know, two years ago, you and I were in the process of transitioning out um, from being on staff at our church, both of us at the same time. And both of us knew that God had new things for us, but we didn't know exactly what they were. You definitely didn't know what state yeah, exactly. you were going to be living in. Exactly. And I, I had an experience this past weekend. Our church um, hosted this phenomenal Easter egg hunt. 
And there is a new children's pastor in place Mm -hmm. who is hitting it out of the park, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of she talk about uh, being at this time for this reason, for this Mm -hmm. season, you know, Mm -hmm. she Jenna is in her place and she's thriving and she's doing an amazing job. Two years ago, that was my position. And God was calling me to let go of a good position, a good, um, you know, like responsibilities to let go of it, to launch into the unknown. And yes, and this weekend when I showed up at this Easter egg hunt, you know, it was, I had some thoughts like, oh my gosh, what if it had been me trying to organize this? And really, honestly, the magnitude of what she pulled off would have given me hives. Like that, (laughs) that's not my wheelhouse, you know, what she was able to do. But I, I was showing up on site to serve just, uh, just as a parishioner, not as a pastor. And there was this little thought that struck me that you're not, you're not in that title. You're not in that position as a pastor there anymore. You're not important. And immediately I recognized Mm. where that was coming from. Mm. That was the enemy, you know, trying to plant a seed because God has us in seasons for a season. That's right. And then he moves us on. But I, it was just a very um, introspective mm. moment. You know, I'm scattering eggs and I'm, I'm yes. working through this inside. And God is like, remember how you spent months not knowing exactly what your new territory would be? Yep. He says, and you keep your eyes on me in those yep. times of transition. Amen. You know, I think of Esther in the Bible. She's a phenomenal superhero. I think of, talk about um, her picture being drawn with long eyelashes, right? And <laughs> yes, like every <laughs> every little girl wanted to be Esther at right. one point in her lives. Right. But her identity, her true identity was she was a Jewish girl. And that would never change. But remember, her position changed. Yep. She was taken and she was brought to a palace. So no longer was she living in that good home with Mordecai. She had to leave something good. She's brought into an entirely different environment, a different status, right? Where she's no, she's being served versus um, Mm -hmm. serving somebody else. Mm -hmm. But she also was in a palace that didn't serve her God, Mm. you know, and there were challenges um, from a faith standpoint, but that good teaching of Mordecai, she never forgot who she was. Mm -hmm. You know, her identity had never changed she could have she could have operated in the palace grieving there's no place like home you know i can't click my heels together and go back to kansas like i just she she had left a good spot but she was in a new place and if she had not let go of where she was and continued to, to serve in her identity where she was she would not have been able to fulfill her purpose, which ultimately God used her to save her people. That's right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, thinking back to my leaving the school, both of us leaving the position at the table at the church, um, and then Esther, regular people, right? Esther was just a regular girl being raised by her uncle, going about her day, doing things around the house. She was not somebody who was this outstanding uh, superstar, and neither are we, right? Right. We're all, we are exactly who God created us to be, and we are called to live out really hard transitions sometimes 
And, and it's so easy to read Esther's story and just think, oh, wow, she went from Mordecai's house to the palace. How, ama- how amazing. I couldn't even go from my mother's house to Dan's house. <laughs> you know, like, it's just amazing. These are hard things. And when we put the emotional component to these stories in the Bible and we really uh, kind of flesh them out, this was a big, big deal. And it, it, But it's just as equally big as me leaving, leaving the school or you and I leaving the position at the church. We will feel empty, we will feel confused, we will feel unsure, inadequate, and missing the past if we don't remember who we are and that what we do does not define us, it does not um, identify us, right? It's only in Christ that we find our identity. You know, I remember back, Laura, I worked for three years as a PT, and I, like you with teaching, did not realize how much importance I had placed on that career and we had worked hard right we mm-hmm. went our college college roommates so we saw uh-huh. each other working hard to get to that place but that that's a faulty foundation for placing your identity when I got pregnant and then I had chip I spent a year and a half home with him which was I'm very grateful for that experience but I remember the first couple months when my husband would come home from work he say so what you do today mm-hmm. and I fumbled around like Mm -hmm. I am a failure as a person because I accomplished getting a shower today yeah and I was really proud of that I I felt like when people say well hi my name's you know my name's Debbie and I'm a physical therapist (laughs) actually I'm not working right now I'm a mom but I was really confused of what's what's important Mm -hmm. and what God what's what's most important to God is that I am being faithful in the place that he has me being who he has called me to be Amen. and doing what he has called me to be doing. It's not the career. It's not the title or the label. And sometimes you don't realize that till you find yourself struggling. Amen. You know, I think, Debbie, for me now in this new season, I have to remember, and for you too, and for anybody who's listening, you know, we get to this place, we've left something that we loved, and now we are who we are in Christ in this season. I have to remember now not to make this season, right, so um, uh, critical to me or so important to me, or I, I got to be sure that I don't base my identity on who I am now, now. <laughs> right? Yep. And even, I mean, let's be real, like I'm, I'm a grandmother of a baby. Well, that's not going to be like, she's going to grow up, right? And eventually she's going to be a teenager and she's going to have her own things going on. I'll still be her grandmother, but the season will change. My identity won't change. The season will change. It's just interesting. It's only in Christ, right? That we find out who we are, just like you read in Ephesians one. It's not our role in the family. It's not our jobs because all of those things change too. If we don't hold on to the fact that it's in Christ that we find out who we are, we are going to be floundering. We have to be able to let go of the things that were good seasons um, or are good seasons in order to live in the present that God has for us. Laura, the other thing we need to let go of too is the bad things. You know, I think a lot of times people define who they are based on something that has happened in their past, something that maybe they have, uh, they've acted out in a particular way, something they've believed about themselves, something that somebody has repeatedly told them uh, that's negative. Mm -hmm. And it's, especially when you're a child and, and it's being said by the person who should have a lot of authority in, you know, helping you understand who you are and that they're saying is loser and not wanted and failure. And at those times, I mean, we, we have got to let go of the things that have defined our past 
You know, we we have trouble letting go because we beat ourselves up. Yep. Can't believe I did that. And yeah. even if you can even ask God for forgiveness and think you've moved on, but there's this piece of you that still runs back and you can't let it go. That's right. And now let's say you let it go. Then there are those around us who will come in at opportune times to remind you of your failures. And you know who's setting that up, right? You know, the enemy is behind that. So we need to make sure that we're not being defined by the sins of the past. We can't carry that in today. I mean, that will absolutely cripple us. I think of, you know, the, uh, the areas of addiction, you know, that's not a one man deal. A lot of times that involves a little network or a community Uh of people that you operated in that addiction. You may step out, you may be clean, but somebody will run up to you and say, oh yeah, once an addict, always an addict. That's Uh who you are today. Uh And that's not accurate. Uh I'm thinking about people whose pasts um, may have not been so loving right? Maybe you've Mm -hmm. been through a a hard marriage or a hard relationship, a hard friendship where you have invested and poured in um, emotion and and effort and service. And then that relationship is over, whether it's through a divorce or a breakup or um, no longer in that friendship relationship, you can uh, feel uh, unloved and start to believe a lie, you know, inside that no one will ever love you again. And so you carry that that hard from the past into your present and it define it makes you <laughs> define yourself by something that was painful in the past uh, we can also think about the things that are internal um, i've always been a worrier or i was really fearful back then and then carry that into the season that we're in or mm-hmm. um you know as somebody who's dealt with a lot of insecurities in my life i have i struggle but i i am an overcomer in jesus name that when I'm in an environment where I would have been very insecure in the past, I now say I will not let that past define me. Like I'm not that same girl. My mother is right. not here giving people lollipops so that they will be my friend when I'm 52 years old. I have to uh, let that from the past go and then thrive and live in the season where I'm in now. You know, I went through Weight Watchers, which I've shared, and I do tell people, um, you know, I have an area of weakness that I would tend to gravitate towards, which would be a food addiction for emotional things if I didn't surrender it to Christ. Amen. But I don't define myself as somebody with a food addiction because that that part has been nailed to the cross yep. and God has done a lot of identity shift in me. So how do you, you know, like, well, someone who's got an addiction to drugs or alcohol Um, There is a certain level of truth when you say that I will always struggle a certain amount. It doesn't mean it's a daily battle. It means when I have uh, maybe times of feeling overwhelmed or uh, lack of control, that is an area that I could go back to more easily than some other area. But it's not my identity of who I am Mm -hmm. because that person has been crucified Mm -hmm. with Christ. Amen. So if we're going to look at how we are going to resolve this, right? How, how are we going to live as healthy individuals knowing uh, who we are and our purpose based on Christ and leaving the good and the bad behind us? And really, if, if we're looking at specifically the bad, the things that we struggle with, um, Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.15, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. 
Paul never denied that he lived that past. Mm-hmm. He never denied that there were hard times or struggles. He never denied right, that this is who I used to be. And I think there is an acknowledgement of who we used to be, but we don't stay stuck in who we used to be. I mean, he says, I am the worst, but then he doesn't stop there. If you go to Galatians 2.20, he says exactly what you were just saying, Deb. He says, I am the worst. And so what did I do? Because I'm not gonna let that worst define who I am in the present. I have crucified myself. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live like that. The worst no longer lives. It's my my past. I won't let it define me today. What defines me today? Let's take it back to Ephesians 1, right? Christ lives in me. Christ is the one who can define me. He lives in me. The past is gone. And the life I, here's the word, now live, right? The life I now live. What is the life you are now living? I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. He identifies us the way he does because he loves us and he gave himself for us. Paul recognized his past. We can recognize our past, good or bad, but we don't make it the now. The now is where does God have you now, right? The past has been crucified and the stuff that we used to do that were, we put definitions on ourselves, titles on ourselves. Those were in the past. They're a good part of the past, but we live now by faith in the son of God for today because he loved us and he gave himself up for us. To me, that is, you talked about freedom earlier. That's where the freedom is, right? Yep. Yep. Recognizing it, but also recognizing that we are overcomers. We are called to live in the present with Christ as the head, following after him and seeing where he has us in the present hopeful and prayerful for the future, but enjoying the moment that he's created for us today. You and I, Laura, have been honest about some of the struggles we've had in our past. And, I, you know, they're not things that we would say, oh, I would repeat them in a heartbeat. But the older I get, the more grateful I am that yep. we did walk through some of the past, even the bad, you know, even the yep. non-stellar moments, because Yes, those past things don't define who we are, but they did get used by God to help shape who we are today. And I think it makes us more relatable when we're honest about where we've struggled. Uh, I think sometimes when Christians paint a picture that they've never had a past, um, which first of all, people don't believe anyway. Right, that's right. When you you share about your past, you become, uh, people will listen more. Because I think it makes you more real. And God does, like he doesn't define us by our past, but he uses our past to become a platform to be able to to share your testimony, share your story with power, with authority, because it's yours. It's your story. And and God, when you talk about this is where I was, and God, thank God he has set me free. And this is how I continue to walk in freedom. So I am not limited by what other people have said about my past or what the enemy tries to remind me, and that is where freedom comes from. So for that reason, I am grateful for my screw-ups in the past because yep. they have really Amen. shaped who I am today. But boy, we have so much more we're going to be talking about next week. We're going to be focusing on how not to allow your uh, six, your strengths or your areas of weaknesses, you know, your performance-driven things to uh, define who you are. And that is a whole topic in and of itself so as we wrap up today um, this has been fun Lara this has been a good time together sharing um, in the present about our past and looking forward to our future together as we share 
Uh, if you have enjoyed this podcast, if you're growing and stretching and being challenged, uh, we would love to hear from you. You can always email us at beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. Uh, we love being in this community with you. Share these podcasts with your friends who you know could be encouraged or maybe somebody you think is dealing with identity theft. Um, feel free to share these podcasts. So again, from Laura Perino and Debbie Kiever, we love you. We are so grateful that you have spent the last um, podcast uh, 45 minutes with us and have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for being here. God bless you. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.